All right, we'll start in John chapter 16 tonight. Got a few places to go. Um, look back at uh, some things of studying this week about the Holy Spirit. And we'll go through John chapter 16, verses 7 through 17. And it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they believe not of me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and ye see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, that he will guide you unto all truth. For he shall not speak of, his, of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show, thee, uh, show you things to come. And he shall glorify me, for he that shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. And all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. And a little while ye shall not see me, and a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. And then the, some of the disciples amongst themselves, What is it that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me, and a little uh, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, and because I go to the Father. And they said, therefore, what is it that he saith a little while? We cannot uh, tell what he saith. <clears throat> now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask of him, and said unto him, Do ye inquire of yourselves of what that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me? And again a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. And I'll stop there. So just a little introduction here. This is Jesus talking to uh, the disciples here, and he's talking about leaving this world, and he's talking about the coming of, of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I find most interesting about this exchange is that how he how he presents the concept. Um, he says there, you know, I go a little while and I'll go away. This is... But, he says, <clears throat> he says, they didn't understand where he was, what he was talking about. He said, I'm, I'm going away to be with the Father, and I'll come back uh, for my return. It wasn't so hard for them to understand, but they were confused about what was happening here. Um, but what they didn't understand was that the Spirit of, the, the Holy Spirit was about to, to come for a comforter for them. Verse 13 says, Howbeit when he, that the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. And he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore I said that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. So, the understanding that would be uh, that would be given to the Lord's people in the absence of Christ, but that wouldn't be possible without the the sacrifice of Christ. Look, let's look at Second uh, Corinthians, 
chapter 3. I can get over there. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse eight. <clears throat> it says, "How shall uh, not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doeth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in that this respect by the reason that." the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away with was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that ye uh, that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil on his, over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day they remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, and the veil, upon, uh, veil is upon their hearts, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is, the, is that spirit, and where that spirit of, of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. So the same thing here, the spirit which came after Christ to comfort and guide the body until the return of the Lord. That's what's ha that's what he's discussing here. He also discusses there that the veil of understanding was that was present at the reading of the Old Testament because they didn't have the understanding that Christ that that, that Christ provided to them after his death. It says there and not as Moses, which put the veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until the day there remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which is the veil has done away with in Christ. So it was through Christ that this veil had the opportunity to be removed. That understanding uh, would be provided. Uh, I think... Physically speaking, it was a veil that separated the priest from the presence of God when he dwelt in the temple. But spiritually speaking, it was the same same fact. With that veil removed, it provided a far better and greater access to God through the Spirit. And that can only be done in Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter let's see here, 2, verse, uh, starting in verse 4 there. It says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he that hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflict, uh, inflicted on the, of the many. So that counterwise ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him. Excuse me, wrong one. First Corinthians chapter 4. Chapter 2, I mean. <clears throat> Sorry. 
And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdoms, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak the wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they not uh, they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it was written, and I hath not seen, nor ear hath heard, not, uh, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto them, <clears throat> unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what a man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but that in the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For what hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So here, it's the Spirit that causes us to gain understanding in Christ. It instructs us, it counsels us, it directs us as we submit to the Lord. That was the encouragement here. He told them there in verse 4, he says, In my speech... And, pre- and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdoms, but the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, <clears throat> as we've died to the flesh, the Scripture talks of us being raised in the likeness of Christ. That having the access to the Spirit, once we've entered this body of Christ that we might have the understanding. The thought that we can learn all these things before we come into the body of Christ is not possible, except through the Spirit. We read What we read over there in the previous uh, passage of Scripture about the veil of understanding being lifted, that's given through the Spirit. So let's look at 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 and verse 24. It says, Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaching teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. 
Sit down. Jubilee. And now, little children, abide in him, that when ye shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And if ye that know uh, that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. So John writes that Jesus abides in us. Well, same thing is said there of the Spirit. It's the anointing that he's talking about. anointing, that, that acknowledgement of the Spirit's presence in and amongst us. Providing the counsel and the direction as we seek the Lord's wisdom and guidance. Says that will not be put down. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 real quick. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye, being rooted and, uh, and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth uh, knowledge, and that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. <clears throat> now unto you, that him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the uh, church of, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and the world without end. Amen. So, it is through the death of Christ that we gained access to the Spirit. Of course, we know that that was provided, uh, was descended on them at the, after the day of Pentecost. That's some 50 days after the death and uh, burial and resurrection of Christ. 50 days after the Passover, I guess I should say rather. So by this spirit, we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Christ. It says there in verse 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his power in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ with passionate knowledge, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God. So, what does that mean? Strengthened with the might of, by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. It's only by Christ's death and burial and resurrection that this has been made possible for us. 
that Christ dwelling in us, in our hearts, being rooted and grounded in love. It's not a foreign concept to us. But through this strengthening by His Spirit in our inner man, that this is possible. Understanding the, the love, understanding the love of Christ that He gave Himself up for us that we might have the opportunity to be filled with this fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 4. Moving faster than what I thought it would, Tony. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Therefore the prison... Uh, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthily of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, as even as it is called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We'll stop there. So again, he says the same thing there. Verse 3, he says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring. When you think about endeavoring to do something, you're laboring to do it. But he says there, walk worthily. How do we how do we walk worthily? Well, he tells us there, and the in the following verse, he says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, with forbearing one another in love. Those attributes that help us to be moldable and mendable, and able to be made into His likeness. And being receptive those things that's what helps us to be receptive to be reshaped into the Lord's likeness daily he says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace we can't do those being obstinate lifted up and lording over everyone that's not the way he called us to be he called us to be fashioned the likeness of his son so what was that the form of a servant Humble and lowly. First Thessalonians. Actually, you see here. Five. Ephesians chapter five, verse seventeen. Actually, verse will back up to 15 we read this recently it says see then you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be ye not unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is 
Be not drunk with wine wherein uh, is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one another uh, to one another in the fear of God. We read that last Sunday morning. But contemplating what he's saying here, We've talked recently about redeeming our time. The Lord does give us freedom in Christ, but He also says, "Don't give, uh, don't give it an opportunity for us to stumble." Why do you think that's so? We see in the example that David said in the Old Testament that he was a servant after the Lord's own heart. But there were opportunities and times where he did stumble in the service of the Lord. Why? Well, we know in one particular instance, he longed, he, he longed for someone else's wife. And he put the man out there in battle and the guy died and he took his wife. And guess what? They ended up getting hurt. Their child ended up getting sick because of their, their infidelity to, to the Lord. But yet David repented of that sin. The Lord talk, talks about him who is a after his own heart. So that ought to give us hope that we ought to keep our eyes fixed on the prize and lean on our not on our own understanding but on the Lord's. So here he says that. Those things which give us understanding. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one another to uh, one to another in the fear of God. It also requires us to, like he says, submit to one another in the fear of God. How do we do that? When I'm when I struggle. And someone sees that here in the, in the church, then by all means, it's an opportunity to keep me from stumbling and vice versa. But we do that because we have reverence and respect for the Lord and for one another. That we would help one another not to stumble. But we do those things at the prompting of the Spirit. If we're willing to listen. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Listen, I'm doing this one-handed, okay? <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And starting at verse 4, it says, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we are among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the words in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. 
so that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. And from, from you, the sound out of the word of the Lord, not only of Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we had need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us that manner of entering uh, in that we had unto you, and how we had turned to God from idols to serving the living and true God, and to wait for the Son from heaven, of whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So calling to mind our election, our choosing by the Lord, is what Brother Paul encouraged here. To understand, the understanding came not from, from them, but it came through what? The power and the Holy Spirit from God. The, the God, God's own authority there. That they followed the Lord and they received that word. And that they went not the way of man after the flesh, but what? He says, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received of the word in much affliction, with joy of the whole, of the Holy Ghost. So in the affliction, the difficulty in this life, the affliction of our our flesh in this life, it says demonstrating to and others, and testifying that they had turned from idolatry, and that they what. Await the return of Christ. The Spirit convicted them all to change their life. He says, "We turned away from this, but it was only through the, Lord, the by the conviction of the Spirit that that was able that was able to happen, and that they were receptive to it, heeding what what they were they were hearing there." Listening to the word of God. And then acting on that faith. Believing that the Lord said what he was going to do. And not only that, but it also says it was in, you were an example to all that believed in the Macedonian Achaia. And then also to those who heard it in every place, your faith to God were to spread abroad. That we need not to speak anything. So, they received it. The Spirit ministered to them and they became an example through the teaching that the Lord gave them through the Spirit. So this is not anything of, of, our, of our doing, but it's the Lord that provides the opportunity and motivation that we just need to be receptive to it. That the Lord can work in us and through us as He did with these brethren. And again, it goes with the saying that we're vessels. The scripture talks about us being vessels in service for the Lord. So if we're filled with the Spirit, if we're receptive vessels listening and hearing the, the counsel and the guidance of the Spirit, then we can be vessels of honor. If we're not filled up with the Spirit, then what happens? Those works are evident. That... 
spiritual fruit that he talks about over there, the, the, the fruits of the spirit, the fruits of the flesh, those are evident in our, in our work there, whether we have the spirit or whether we don't. And I believe the Lord provides the proof that we need to know when somebody has the spirit. Why else do you think the scripture talks about trying the spirits? It'll be evident. Try it according to what the Lord says. So the Holy Spirit provides wonderful things for us. It provides the teaching from the Lord, the counsel, the instruction that we need in times of difficulty so that we can grow into all things in Christ. What is it we read over there earlier? He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. We just have to be willing to listen and submit to the Lord when he instructs us and guides us. Otherwise, we can be just like the examples in the Old Testament we have, those that entered into judgment because they chose not to heed the Lord and his wisdom. And those in the New Testament that didn't heed the instruction of the Spirit and what happened to them. So, what is it going to be? Are we going to look at what the Lord would have us to do or are we going to do what men would have us to do? Because the two don't reconcile, <laughs> clearly. But let's listen to the Spirit as He's given us the opportunity to. That's all I have for you this evening. Thank you for your kind attention. Again, we miss those that are not here and those that are sick or traveling. We, we do miss them and pray the Lord will bring them back to us whenever the next time we meet. And uh, hope that everyone has a good week.